Awesome. I'm just going to pray for us before we head into the word this morning. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. We thank you that this is our last Sunday at the barn. Lord, we thank you for an incredible two years, and I'm going to try not to get emotional this morning, but Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, this morning, I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And Lord, we pray that you will bless this last service, Lord. I pray that you would speak through me to every heart in this room, to everyone listening to the sound of my voice, Lord. May we hear the voice of the Lord speaking to each one of us a fresh manner word this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I was praying in worship, Lord, help me not to cry. I don't know why I'm emotional today. Is anyone else? Oh, here I help us. I actually think it's incredible. Maybe let me just time myself, otherwise, brand iemand se winner. Last week, I was warning everyone not to have their chicken burn, and I was telling them about Johannes was coming back from Malawi, and I told everyone I was making a slow cooker, and I'm worried that it's going to be too strong, the curry, and then when I gave it to him on Sunday night, he was like, well, it's okay, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> so it completely bombed on me. At least it wasn't too strong, but obviously it was very weak. But praise the Lord. I've got other gifts. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to speak about a word that I really believe that God has been stirring in my heart. Actually, when Johannes preached the message last week, who was here last week? Who watched it online? Yes, you can watch it online afterwards. But he preached a message on soldiers for Christ. And we've been speaking this month, we've been speaking about how to, oh, who is the church and what is the purpose of the church? And then he continued with what is a soldier of Christ because... That's one of the metaphors that we know the Lord also speaks about the church is that we are actually an army. We are actually soldiers. And he ended his message, and I don't know if anyone can remember this, but this was the one word that stood out for me, and I thought, wow. And I couldn't get it out of my heart and out of my mind in the week that followed. And he said right at the end, one of his last sentences was, the only way that we will be able to walk in this is with consistency is to consistently abide in the Lord. And that hit me like a ton of bricks, consistency. And I believe the more that I was actually studying this word consistency, I believe that this is actually one of the keys for us to walk in victory in this life. Amen. This is one of the keys, not just for your spiritual life, but for every area of your life. Amen? You don't look convinced this morning. I'm going to convince you now. But I really felt the Lord say, there is a hidden and an underrated power in the characteristics of consistency. Now, what is consistency? Consistency is the quality or fact of staying the same at different times. It is the practice of being the same, being in the habit of doing the same thing on a regular basis. And when we keep doing the right thing over a long period of time, it's being the same in attitude, in behavior, beliefs, and characteristics. And the more I studied this idea of consistency, it's like every day doing the right thing, every day making the right decision every time. And it's almost like it's one of the main characteristics of spiritual maturity. 
And we've been speaking about spiritual maturity for a while among our team and in different things that we are doing. And I believe this is one of the areas that the Lord wants to encourage us to grow in. To get to a place in our spiritual journey where we move towards maturity. In other words, we don't stay spiritual babies forever. I want to read to you two scriptures about maturity. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20. And it will come up on the screen. It says this. Brothers and sisters, do not be children. Immature or childlike in your thinking. Be infants in matters of evil, completely innocent and inexperienced, but in your minds, be mature adults. So he's talking about growing to a place of maturity, and we know that it's a growth process. Ephesians 4, verse 13 to 15 says this. He continues, he said, we read this when I spoke about what is the purpose of church. He's speaking about the uh, fivefold ministry, which is, you know, they are there to actually lead us, to help us to grow to a place of maturity. And then he continues in verse 13. Until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. So that we are no longer children, in other words, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea, and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. But, he concludes in verse 15, the aim is that we will get to a place, by, or get to a place of speaking the truth in love, in all things, both in our speech and our lives expressing his truth. And let us grow up in all things unto him, following his example, who is the head, Christ. I know that's a mouthful, but basically what is Paul teaching us in these two passages? He's teaching us to move from a place of feeding on spiritual milk to start getting to a place where we feed on spiritual food. Because that will bring us to a place where we can walk in consistency. So it's almost like consistency has two sides of the coin. There is, in one hand, we have to start applying consistency, but then also we will walk in consistency fully when we are actually applying all of those things and when we allow the Holy Spirit to grow us. So Paul is calling the church to grow, mature in our thinking. And here's the thing that I've learned is that, and those of you who've been walking with the Lord for a while, you will know that spiritual maturity, it's something we grow into. Just like when a baby is born, you know, they don't just walk out of the womb straight into university. <laughs> Some parents pray that they would, but they actually have to grow. They grow through stages, and it's okay to be in a baby stage in the beginning, but we can't stay spiritual babies or infants forever. And when we get to a place of maturity, that's when we start to recognize fruit in our lives. That's when we start to see the Holy Spirit producing fruit, the evidence of fruit in our lives. Because we know that Jesus doesn't call us to remain in the same place. Amen. He wants to take us from glory to glory and strength to strength. 
until Paul says in that last scripture, until we reach oneness in the faith and until we exercise our spiritual gifts in unity. Now, why is maturity important for us as believers? I actually believe it's, it's important because what is spiritual milk? Spiritual milk, sometimes we use these Christianese terms and not everyone is sure what we're talking about. So when Paul speaks about, you know, infants in Christ and spiritual milk, he's talking about your foundation messages. You know, when you first got saved and, you know, this whole journey of faith started out fresh for you, you need to know that God loves you consistently all the time. I mean, all of us need to know it no matter how mature we are, but especially when you're a new believer. Think of a young baby. They need the love and the attention of their parents and the constant care and the constant, you know, feeling and holding and all those things. They need that, that intimate care to grow. Now, that is the same with spiritual milk. We get those messages that will give us the nutrients that we first need to start walking out our journey with the Lord. But then we get to a place of solid food. Okay, don't call me broccoli and wortels and oil like a is by. Why? Because that is the place where we then start to really grow and stretch in our faith and in our place of growing to maturity. And solid food in scriptural terms means it's the teaching that sometimes confronts our behavior. It's sometimes the teaching that confronts attitudes in our hearts that maybe God wants to chop and change and he wants to prune and he wants to cut away things that will actually hinder our growth. And sometimes when we bring messages, you know, it's not always comfortable. You can, you can be in a church that can give you spiritual milk for the rest of your life, but will you actually grow? Because when you get to a place of maturity, you can't just feed on milk anymore. You need the solid food of the word to be able to grow into the person that God has called us to be. Does that make sense this morning? The solid food means that we actually get to a place of receiving teaching where we are open for correction. Where we are open to be a little bit confronted and be a little bit challenged in love like a good dad or a good mom would actually challenge us and confront us and discipline us. Amen. All the parents know what I'm talking about this morning. And God wants to be a loving father to us because immaturity looks like what? And there are seasons where we are still immature and that's okay. But Paul is saying, I don't want you to stay there. I actually want you to move forward. Immaturity in that scripture, he says, means it's a Christian, a baby Christian that's still tossing back and forth. So constantly my faith is challenged by every new doctrine, every new thing that I hear, I'm being tossed back and forth and it shakes my faith. I've got no roots that goes deep. I've got nothing to anchor me. I've got nothing to stand solid in my faith. I'm not yet steadfast. I'm not yet immovable. Amen? Immaturity says, I'm still a young believer and I'm constantly offended. I'm constantly offended. People can't look at me or say something and I'm offended and my heart is hurt. And that's not making small of sometimes we do get hurt, but there is a place in maturity that we grow to where we can just go, you know what? I'm not going to let that impact me. I'm not going to let that offend me or I'm going to learn how to be a quick forgiver. I'm going to be someone that's going to learn that I must just release. 
because I know the power of forgiveness will actually set me free. And as a mature believer, I can't afford to hold on to bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and disunity and strife and all those things. Immaturity looks like someone that is constantly ruled by their emotions and their feelings. So in other words, if my circumstances are bad today, then I'm just going to be misled today. But if my circumstances are good, then I have joy. That's how we all start, but that's not where Paul is encouraging us to grow into. Amen? Maturity says, no matter what I feel, I will make a decision to act in the way that I know God wants me to act. And this maturity happens over time. And this kind of maturity will require consistently being open for the Holy Spirit to lead me. Consistently being open for the Holy Spirit to grow me and to shape me and to mold me into who God wants me to be. And there's a great example in the Bible, and I just want to stop. We're just going to stay in this one book today. And it's a Bible character that I actually believe demonstrated a life of consistency so well. And we can see the fruit in his life. You can turn to the book of Daniel this morning. It's in the Old Testament. And I believe this is someone who, when we speak about consistency and when we speak about growing from a place of infancy to maturity, someone that can inspire us in our growth journey. When you actually go and study his life and when you go and look at just everything that this poor guy had to go through. Now, everyone knows Daniel, and you know the different stories, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle based on consistency and how I think the way that he applied consistency, how it can actually encourage us this morning. Now, just to give some context, the king of Babylon actually sieged uh, Jerusalem, and so they invaded Jerusalem, and then he got all of his uh, kinsmen and his administrators to collect all the young fine-looking men from Israel to come and serve him in his kingdom, in his palace. And so now you can imagine, this is already a very interesting place because the young Israelite men were all serving the God of Israel. They were serving only one God. And so this was obviously a, a pagan king and very ungodly. And so now he took these young men into his service in the palace and they had to be trained in the custom and the culture of this pagan king. Even in the false religions and pagan gods of this king, they had to be trained. Even the literature, the culture, they were even being fed, wined and dined, food that were being offered to idols. And for a young, imagine you're a young Christian man, and suddenly you're in a city and a Muslim or a Buddhist king comes in and calls you to work in his service. And now you've got to serve and bow down to his gods. This is the place where young Daniel found himself in. They were to be educated and trained in this way for three years before they were allowed to actually enter the royal service for the king. And then it says this in Daniel 1 verse 8. But Daniel was determined. Everyone say determined. Not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. 
and he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now the first point that I want to make this morning is number one, consistency will require us to pre-decide a couple of things. Pre-decide. There's another version in the Amplified that says Daniel made up his mind. Daniel made up his mind. Jy sal nie vir hom van sy gedagtes afkry. You know, our mind is extremely powerful. If I, I, I'm a person with quite a strong will, and my husband can testify to this. If I've made my mind up about something, it's going to take a lot for him to convince me otherwise. Or anyone, for that matter of fact. But I believe God's placed that inside of me for the job he's given me to do. And the same with you. But there is power in making up our mind. Another scripture says, he purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. And to me, that says something about the power of consistency and the power of persistence in making a decision up front about how I'm going to act when something comes my way and I have to decide there and then what am I going to do. When Johannes and I started dating, there were a couple of things that we pre-decided. We're not going to go there. Because what happens when you pre-decide is that when the temptation comes or when the difficult situation, sometimes it can be persecution, not even temptation. I'm sure he was hungry by that time and that steak looked good. But that steak was offered to Buddha. And so he knows that if he would eat it, he would actually defile himself and he would sin against his God. So up front he decided... I'm not going to go there, even if it means persecution, or even if it means I'm going to be unpopular. I'm just going to go there this morning because it's our last Sunday at the barn. Johannes and I decided we were not going to have sex before marriage because we knew that God was calling us into the ministry full time. So I cannot stand here and preach and teach something that I am actually behind the scenes also engaging in. Because, number one, not only would I be a hypocrite, but number two, there would be no power. And do you know how unpopular it is to be a pastor that preaches some of these things? Sometimes people come to us for counseling. And when the problem is identified, in that area in particular, they never come back. <coughs> And so, you know, when you're a young church planter and you're trying to grow a church, it's hard to see people go when you're trying to plant church. But we have pre-decided. God has called us to preach the word. Whether it is comfortable or uncomfortable, I cannot lower the bar for what the word says because I'm trying to please people or get people to like me. And it's very hard for me because I actually want to be liked. I don't think I'm a people pleaser, but I'm not that hard that I don't, you know, I want to be liked. Who doesn't want to be liked? But sometimes it'll take resolve for us. Something else we pre-decided. Timonis is laughing. Something else we pre-decided. I'm actually thinking of another story which I should maybe share. It's very funny. Or maybe not. But we pre-decided that tithing was even not going to be a conversation for us. It was something we both practiced before we got married, so therefore when we got married, it wasn't even an issue, it wasn't even a conversation, it wasn't even a, 
th this, there wasn't even that. It was a done deal. It was already pre-decided. Because that consistency will actually release us to a place of power. It will actually help us to grow and to walk in the ways, the victory that God has for us. Amen? I had a friend who, um, she, <laughs> she is, if you think I'm passionate, she's times 20. Okay. And she was adamant, all the principles in the word of God. We were single, we were praying, we were trusting God for spouses, godly spouses. And we both knew that, you know, God's called us into ministry. So the bar was already very high for these poor men who would actually have the courage to ask us out on a date. And she eventually did go on a date. And this poor guy, they are married. They've got three children. They've got a beautiful marriage. But this poor guy, I actually prayed for him before because I thought she's going to scare him away. He's going to run into the bushes. But she had a questionnaire prepared. <laughs> I wasn't that tough on your eyes. This is not part of the message. I don't know who this is for. But she had a questionnaire. And she said, number one, before we go any further, I know this is the first date. They haven't even had the first course. They went out for dinner. She said, I need to know a couple of things before we go any further because I'm not about to waste my time. Do you tithe? He was like, yes, yes. Okay, great. Um, every month, consistently. Yes, okay, fine. Um, then she asked him a couple of other questions. Do you have a problem in this area? Do you have a problem in that area? Do you watch pornography? She said to him, question number four. They haven't even had starters. And we laughed about it, but she made a decision up front that there were certain things that she did not want in her life because she wanted to follow the call, the call of God upon her life. And she was very serious about it. She resolved in her heart. And I always laugh at that story because it's actually so funny. But you know what? She's got a wonderful marriage. A couple of years in, they've got three children. They pastor a church in Cape Town. But she decided up front, I'm actually not going to compromise. Therefore, when the temptations came, because we will all face temptation, we can actually rely on God's power to protect us so much more. Because we know that we're in right standing. We know that we've predecided. We know that our hearts are aligned. Therefore, it's much easier when we apply that consistency up front. Daniel made up his mind. Daniel 3, you can turn to Daniel 3, point number 2. I've totally thrown myself off of my, <laughs> off my notes. Okay, Daniel 3 verse 16 says this. Okay, now they've also, their names have been changed. Okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Maybe let me just give the context before this. So, what has now happened is that there was a golden statue that the king had now decided this would be a good idea, to put up a big golden statue, and every day his servants would blow a trumpet or blow something that they would be able, everyone in the nation would be able to hear. And whenever that trumpet is being blown, they had to go and worship, kneel down and worship this golden statue. Okay, number two for Daniel. He's pre-decided he's going to stay serving his God. And so now they've been caught up because they were the only three in the nation that's not bowing down to the golden statue. So it says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. 
We do not need to defend ourselves before you. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, because if you don't bow down, you will actually be thrown into the fire. You will actually be killed. So, so this is kind of consistency in a life and death situation. <clears throat> if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I love the tone in this. I don't know if the tone was written like that or if I'm just reading it like that. But even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't rescue me from the flames, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Now, I wonder how many of us will have this kind of resolve when we're standing in front of a fire and we're literally being handcuffed and they're about to throw us into this, into this blazing furnace. Will we have the consistency in our faith because we've pre-decided to actually stand steadfast and to be immovable? Because I believe that as a world, we are heading in those kind of times where we will have to pre-decide where will our resolve actually be? But again, Daniel was consistent in his resolve. He was consistent in what he had made his mind up. He was consistent in his faith. And number two, I believe that our consistency will be tested. But it will be rewarded. After they said, your majesty, I love that they even have respect. <laughs> your majesty. I won't bow. You know those times where you tell someone no with a smile? Thanks for the idea, but no. And the king was furious, and his face became distorted with rage, and he commanded the furnace seven times hotter. And God didn't immediately rescue them. I'm sure somewhere inside of their trembling, they probably thought, Lord, okay, Maybe now is a good time. If I say no, you know, will Jesus immediately kind of show up and rescue us? And he did it. And I wonder what went on in their hearts. Like, I wonder, like, I'm challenged by that. If ISIS shows up in this service and commands a couple of things from us as a group of believers, like, what will we, and I'm not trying to scare us, I'm just trying to say that there's a place of consistency that I believe God is calling us to grow into for times that are ahead. The flames were actually so hot by this time that it actually killed the soldiers as they were being thrown into the fire. So they handcuffed the three boys and they throw them into the fire. And then the king, if you know the story, read the story further. It's actually a great book to read just to imagine all of these crazy stories. You can't even imagine that this is even in the Bible. That... He saw a fourth man in the fire. We should have sung that song. There's another in the fire. There was a fourth man in the fire. And the king called the boys, immediately pulled them out of the fire and listened to this. Oh my goodness. The Bible says this. I need to read it. He says in verse 25, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. 
And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Jesus is in the fire. And what is standing out to me so much is that in the midst of their consistency and their resolve to stand steadfast and to stand immovable in their faith and what they've pre-decided they will walk in, Jesus shows up in the middle of the flames. Now, we might not be in a physical, flamey, fiery furnace right now, but you might be walking through the flames in circumstances in your life. You may be walking through something that you feel this is like a fire, and I feel like I'm burning on every side. But Jesus says, if you will stay consistent, I am the one that is consistent. I am the one that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I will not let you be burned. But you stay faithful to me. You stay faithful to the word. You stay faithful to the promises that I've given you because I will be there. I will be the fourth person in the fire. Amen. And then it actually says that King Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke. And he called them out. He said, come here. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of the smoke was not even upon them. You can walk through the fire and not even smell of the smoke. In other words, there will not even be an implication afterwards. There will not even be something, an impact on you when we stay faithful, when we stay consistent. So my point was this, consistency will be tested, but it will also be rewarded. Consistency in our faith in the hard times can release the miraculous in our lives. And these boys pre-decided they will not worship another God, even unto the point of death. Their circumstances got tougher and tougher. They thought, okay, it was one thing to say, I'm not going to eat the steak and the wine. It was another thing to say, I'm not going to bow down to the statue. And every time, the persecution seems to have increased. And you know, we might not face persecution of death in our daily lives, but there are some resolves for some of us that have caused you persecution, maybe from family members, maybe in the form of rejection, maybe in the form of abandonment, maybe in the form of criticism or judgment, or here's my favorite, accusation. You know, there's times where you know that you know that you know that that was not your heart and you are completely innocent, yet you are accused. These are similar situations where our consistency will be tested. But I believe that it's in those kind of times when the pressure increases, where it's the most important to stay consistent. Because our faith is not built in the bad seasons. It's built in the good seasons. And this is where I find a lot of us are often tempted the most to let go of consistency. Let's define consistency. Maybe my consistency in praying. My consistency will increase in the bad seasons where I need Jesus to come through for me really, really now. I'm like upping my prayer game. I'm summer fasting and I'm reading a book a day and all those things. But you know what? When you're consistent, that means just every day I'm making a decision. I don't have to go like this 
because then I feel like I'm leaning towards the immaturity side of things. If we can just be consistent every day, and, and we grow in that, but it will actually build the resolve and it will build the courage and it will build all the things on the inside of us that we need when the bad times come, we are already steadfast. We've already given time for our roots to grow down deep. But that means in the tough times, we must not let go of consistency. We must not let go of reading our Bible every day. We must not let go of praying and talking to the Lord every day, practicing how to hear His voice. We must not let go of things like serving. Many times people drop everything at church when they go through a tough time. And I'm not talking about when you physically do not have the capacity. I'm just talking about emotionally in your heart. That is the time to actually push in. That is the time to actually go even harder, go even further. And I'm telling you, the Lord will test us on this. Because that is the place where we build resolve. Sometimes we let go of the corporate gathering. We let go of coming to church. We let go of coming to a home cell. We let go of these things. But that's actually the place where God wants to build the strength. So that when tough times come, we are ready. We have pre-decided. We have been consistent. And it takes small steps every day. I think sometimes the reason why we as believers sometimes often fail is because we put such high expectations on ourselves. Is anyone else like that? Okay, I must read through the Bible in one year. That's okay if you don't. But what is important is that we are consistent. Um, I love Craig Rochelle teaches this thing where he teaches couples to pray. And he says, you know, keep it short, but keep it consistent. If you miss one day, that's okay, don't miss two. So what he's actually saying is that if you miss your consistency today, it's okay, don't miss tomorrow. And I believe if we can lower the bar for ourselves in terms of what we try and attempt, you know, but we just stay consistent, we just stay in a place where every day we just make the right decisions in the right times for the right things, we will actually grow much quicker instead of trying to do so much in such a shorter amount of time. Because God actually works more like a slow cooker rather than a pressure cooker or a microwave, I mean. What happened to those boys when they got out of the fire? And the king saw that their God actually came to save them. They were actually promoted. I believe there is another hidden power in hanging on to our consistency because it can take us from the fire to the higher. Promotion comes when we don't give up. I'm not just talking about promotion in a job. I'm talking about promotion spiritually, promotion in whatever you are trusting the Lord for, that next step of growth we are trying to move towards. Promotion comes when we stay consistent, when we continue to press in and we don't give up when our circumstances are tough. Because that's many times, <coughs> I find that as believers, many times we can give up at that place where the fire becomes the hottest where the persecution or the pressure becomes the most, that's where we feel like we want to give up. So I give up on my praying. I give up on my Bible reading. I give up on serving or whatever spiritual discipline I'm referring to 
And actually, that's the place where if we can just push through a little bit, we can get to the reward. We can get to the promotion. So I feel like this morning there are people who see yourself in a place where you feel like you just actually want to give up. And the Lord says, don't quit. Don't actually give up. Doesn't matter how hot the fire is, I'm with you in the fire, but I want you to know the reward is just a couple of steps away. All you need is just consistency. Don't focus about tomorrow. That's what most of us struggle with. Just focus on today. Lord, what is the step that I just need to take today? And you just do that. And then tomorrow, you think about tomorrow. Okay, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm preaching to myself right now. Lord, I'm just going to take that step tomorrow. I'm already there. Here, net for vandaag. Patience, determination, persistence, and consistency are all rewarded in the kingdom. The boys were promoted, God was glorified, and the pagan king even exalted and recognized the God of Daniel. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. I love that Jock spoke this this morning. In the Passion, that same scripture says, don't allow yourselves to become weary in planting good seeds. Don't allow the seed, as he said, to stay in the pocket. Sow it. Take that another step. Do that one more consistent thing, because we will reap. The season of reaping for the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Amen. Chapter 6, Daniel, last scripture. The fire gets hotter for this poor guy. We're going to read Daniel 6 verse 4. And so Daniel was actually now further promoted. And the Bible says that he proved himself more capable than any of the other administrators in the, the king's entire palace. And now it says in verse 4. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling the government affairs. You know that when you stay consistent and persistent and faithful that people will become jealous and people will look for reasons to find fault in your life. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. I love this. Oh my gosh. He was faithful. He was always responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. I don't know about you, but that's a good resume. <laughs> that's a resume that I aspire to. And I believe there was a secret for Daniel. You don't just get born as a spiritual baby into always faithful, always responsible, completely trustworthy. I believe his secret was his consistency. He was consistent day in and day out. Day in and day out. With the smallest of principles. And I believe that the Christian life is not actually that complicated. We can make it complicated if we want to. But all that God requires of us is to walk humbly with Him every day. And to just obey what He tells us. That, that's actually all. That's actually all it is. And here's the secret for Him. Verse 10. So now what happened is, is that 
Now, they actually went to the king. These administrators that were jealous, they went to the king and they said they couldn't find anything fault with Daniel. So now they are devising an evil plan to get Daniel to be faulted. And they knew the only thing, the Bible actually says, the only thing that they could fault him on was his religion, was his belief in his God. And so in verse 10, it says this, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, so now they convinced the king to draw up a law that if you do not bow down to their God and serve their God, you will actually be thrown into the lion's den. So now we've gone from a fire to a lion's den. And when Daniel learned that this law was signed, this is what he did. He went home, he knelt down as usual, everyone say as usual, in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed there three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. This guy's faith was not built in the crisis times. It was built through consistency every single day. That encouraged me big time. I'm like, Lord, okay, show me where can I be more consistent every day. Over time, he built consistent habits, consistently making the right choices in the good seasons, so that when the bad seasons came, he was already in his habit. And the story continues. They found him praying, and the king threw him in the lion's den. And another miraculous thing happened. God actually sent an angel to close the mouths of the lions. And the king, by this time, had actually grown to love Daniel. Just like, do you remember the, the Pharaoh that actually started to love Joseph? Some of us are serving under pagan kings in the world. And God still requires us to be faithful, to be trustworthy, to be completely reliable and responsible. Because it can actually turn the hearts of pagan kings. And the Bible says that the king didn't actually sleep that night. He was so worried and concerned about Daniel. And the next morning he ran and he said, did your God save you? He already knew this pagan king that his God would save him because he's seen it before. And when he heard, Daniel said, I haven't wronged against you, my king, your majesty. My God came and he sent an angel and he was called out. And then Daniel got promoted over the entire province. Is it Babylonia? Wherever they were. What was number three? My point number three was our place of power in this life will lie in our consistency. When we daily make the right decisions. And if we fail one day, it's okay. Just don't miss two. Just give it another go tomorrow. Don't set the bar so high that we can't even start, that we can't even make it. Keep our spiritual habits up in bad seasons, but even more so in the good seasons. Do not abandon the habits. Faith is built in the mundane. Make time to talk to the Lord every day. Make time to read our Bibles every day. Keep it short, but keep it consistent. And I want to end with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. I shared it with the team this morning, verse 58. I don't know if I gave it to the team. I probably didn't. Oh, I did. It says this. Paul is speaking again, and he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, 
always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not fertile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. I want to pray for some people this morning. are here this morning, I want everyone to just bow your eyes and oh, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to pray specifically for two groups of people that I felt on my heart as I was preparing. If you are here this morning and you feel like you are really struggling in this area of consistency, and I'm not talking about going to the gym or other areas where you want to be consistent, I'm specifically referring to our spiritual habits the ways that we build our faith, the way that we build our relationship with the Lord, the way that we grow spiritually. If you're struggling in the area of consistency, I just want you to briefly raise your hand while no one is looking around. Just raise your hand this morning. I want to pray for some resolve, and I want to pray for those of us who set the bar for ourselves so high. Father, you see every hand in this room. And Lord, you know the desires of our heart and you know our heart's intentions. And Lord, you know that sometimes there is a gap between what we do and what we intend to do. But this morning, Lord, I pray that you will minister to our hearts and that you will help us to close that gap between intention and actually doing. Because Lord, you actually desire for us to be strong. You desire for us to have our roots grow down deep for us to be planted in healthy soil so that you can give us the spiritual nutrients that we need to grow into mature sons and daughters. Because when we grow into a place of maturity, we don't just eat for ourselves, but we also eat so we can feed others. Lord, we want to be those kind of disciples. We want to be like Daniel, where we can be consistent. Lord, even if it's short, but it is consistent. Where every day we connect with our King. Every day we add to our faith. We add strength to our faith. Even if we read a small portion of scripture. Or if we spend some time in worship. But we connect with your spirit. Lord and Father I pray that Holy Spirit. That you would minister to everyone this morning. Who struggles in this area Lord. And I pray that you would give us grace. I pray that you would give us determination and resolve to just take that next step and to stay consistent with that, Lord. Help us to set expectations for ourselves, Lord, that are not too high for us to maintain, but that are strong enough, Lord, to help us to grow into this place of maturity. And if you are here this morning and you feel like you're in a season where things are actually so tough for you right now. You feel like you're walking through the fire right now. You actually feel like you can smell the smoke. So deep you are in the fire this morning. And you feel like you want to give up. I want you to just briefly raise your hand. Because I want to pray for people. God has got a word this morning for you. And I felt it strong in my spirit I was as I was preparing. Do not give up. 
Your reward is right around the corner. Your promotion is right there. There is a fourth person in the fire. And the Lord says, just stay in my presence. Just stay in the place of power that is your consistency every day. Just keep going. It doesn't matter if you don't see the victory. It doesn't matter if you don't yet see any change. The Father says, keep going because I'm right behind you. I am right behind you. I am the one holding your head up high. I'm the one standing behind you. And I am the voice that says, go to the right or go to the left. Stay close to me because then you will see the victory. You will be able to walk through this fire and to not even see any evidence of the fire in your life. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today and forevermore. The Bible teaches us to never give up, but to be filled with hope. Daniel didn't give up in the fire. He didn't give up in the lion's den. Joseph didn't give up in the prison. Joseph didn't give up when he was being human trafficked. Joseph didn't give up when he was being unfair accused of things that he had never done. Paul didn't give up through being stoned. Paul didn't give up through being shipwrecked. He didn't give up when he was in prison. God will honor our consistency. Lord, I pray that you would give us the resolve to just take that next step tomorrow morning and to hold on to you and to hold fast to you. Lord, and I pray that you would help us to pre-decide up front, Lord, what we will not compromise on, that we will not be swayed upon, where we will stand upon your word because we want to grow into maturity and we want to walk in victory and we want to walk out of this fire with nothing burnt. In the name of Jesus, bless your people today, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for this season, Lord. We thank you for the season at this barn, at this venue. Lord, I thank you for the lives that have been changed here. I thank you for the healing that people have received. I thank you, Lord, for countless experiences that people have had with the King of Kings. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be consistent in what we are building. Lord, what we are trusting you to do. You are the one building your church. And we want to pray a blessing over this new season. We want to pray over every family that is still to come. Lord, every person that is still to join this community. And Father, we pray that you will take us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And Lord, our prayer as a church community today is if your presence doesn't go with us, do not make us go. We do not want to do this without you, Lord. We will be consistent. We will keep going at it, day in, day out, in the mundane and in the exciting times, through the valleys and through the mountaintops. We will be your people, and we will look to you to guide us, and we will look to you to give us wisdom, to give us discernment, to help us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness. I pray a blessing over every person. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.